Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yeah, making sure I'm setting the protections the right way and throwing to the open guy. And then when we're running, making sure it's a good look that we can run in, you know, run into, or if it's pressure, running away from it, whatever is asked for me to, to execute that certain play. And you know, there's a lot of all-pro offensive coordinators out there watching the games, right? A lot of a lot of quarterbacks in the stands that think that they know what they're doing too. So you know, we're 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 looking forward to competing and executing with the guys that we have here, and making sure we're very detailed in what our game plan is, and just trying to go out and execute said play. Let me be mad, Joshua. Let me be mad. You can be mad. Q- QB's in the stands. Let me be. Let's just let me be angry, man. I guess, or maybe I shouldn't. I don't all, know. Are there offensive coordinators in the stands too? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Possibly. No. Being an offensive coordinator in the NFL is hard. Yes. Let's be real about it that. It is. Let's be as a certified Ken Dorsey hater on Twitter, I need to say it is a hard thing to do. Gotta I gotta stay grounded, you know? I can't let my rage um from these annoyances uh be without context. That's for show opens. We've got plenty of that. We got plenty of material for that. But we also get plenty of material to be able to get wise and sage wisdom to help calm me down. And that's why I turn to people like Greg Thompson of Cover One joining us on the West Her Hotline. Greg, it's Derek, it's Frank. It's been a bit. Welcome back to the show, and uh, good to have you. Gentlemen, good afternoon. I, man, I, I, I went into a bit of a, a frenzy earlier today about the annoyances <laughs> of the Bills' offense outside of um, Allen and Diggs. And it more or less turned into we. Uh, I would like a better um, secondary option, so to say. If you don't mind, Greg, you're great at doing this for me. Um, the Bills' offense is still statistically one of the best in the league. Why is it upsetting me with the inconsistency? So, one, I want to reassure you that it's perfectly reasonable to want better and to want more consistency and to want it to feel and seem easy and for it to seem like that every single week. I think the challenge is people take that not just a step too far, seven steps too far <laughs> in, into the fact that, oh, I know that, you know, 18 days ago 
I watched Ken Dorsey call a game plan for maybe the most dominant win in franchise history when you consider the level of opponent and how well the opponent was playing when they put up a 48-20 to 20 embarrassing shellacking of everyone's number one in the power rankings, Miami Dolphins. Um, I, I'm going to repeat that. That was 18 days ago. <laughs> so, yes, the last two weeks haven't also been the most impressive games in franchise history. And I know that's frustrating not to have the most impressive game in franchise history every single week. Um, but, you know, all that joking aside, um, you know, I think that there are things where I, I don't know how much of it is taking an opponent lightly. You know, we, we probably underestimated the fact that the guy who literally created our offense and has Wink Martindale as a pretty good defensive coordinator, them sitting down together for a couple hours, probably cooked up a pretty good defensive game plan. It probably did. You know, and, and maybe we underestimated that. And I think there are things they can lean into. I'd love to see, you know, like all of a sudden, if we go back seven weeks ago, how many people in our fan base had ever, ever, I mean this genuinely, ever considered how often Josh Allen was under center? Because the answer is zero. They had never thought about it once in their entire life. Now it's like the hottest thing anyone's ever talked about. So I, I think that some things like that, a little more under center, a little more pre-snap motion, a little more play action would all be very good things. You know, I, I'd love Stefan Diggs to have 12 targets instead of 16. There are things we can tweak and adjust, but realizing that it's still pretty darn good is okay. So more or less uh, with with the Bills and the offense and the consistency that um... – that has been lacking overall. Uh, you have three games where they do look like world enders. They have three games where, I mean, luckily they're still two and one. In, excuse me, one, one and, and two, two in, in those games. games. Yeah. But uh, Greg, if you don't mind, um, one of the things though that has been helping them overall in terms of the raw numbers, at least, has been a marked improvement in the running game. So it is a funny balance because I, there's some analytics that will tell you the run game has no impact on play action. And I always think that's a little, a little over the top. I do think there are teams that can run successful play action regardless of how good your, your run game is. But when you have an actual run game that teams have to pay attention to at all, it does give that one extra beat that the linebacker has to wait. And we all know that the running game for the past six years has been very hit or miss, very inconsistent. Oftentimes Josh Allen being the not only the best part of it, maybe the only effective part of it. So now leaning into that a little bit more, I want to be careful. I don't want to go too far. I don't all of a sudden want them to become a run heavy team. I sure as heck don't want them to become a 50, 50 half run, half pass team, but I'd also be disingenuous to say that I don't mind them planting a lot of seeds here of, Hey, you better be careful. We actually can run the ball so that when it really does matter and Josh puts the ball in James Cook's belly or puts the ball in Latavius Murray's belly and pulls it back out, he gets those linebackers to suck up. He gets those safeties to take an extra beat. And then all of a sudden that guy's open and he can get the ball down the field oftentimes for big chunk plays. So um, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm a person who would be perfectly fine if we had an offense that passed the ball 80% of the time and ran 20%. And 
So I, I don't want to all of a sudden become a run-heavy team. But having an effective run game for the first time in Josh Allen's career, I am confident is going to pay dividends down the line. Greg, obviously um, the offense has been getting the uh, the ire of fans and admittedly myself sometimes here. But the defense is the one that's being held together by um, scotch tape and paper clips and still putting up great performances. <laughs> Uh, obviously starting in the middle with Terrell Bernard and how he has managed to ascend so far through the first six games of him starting to um, obviously the depth around this team that is being tested now on a constant basis. So, um, you know, I obviously myself and the guys in cover one, we, we hit and miss like everybody else. There's plenty of things that we're high on that all of a sudden we, you know, whiff pretty badly. Um, one of the things that I'll pat ourselves on the back for was we were adamant that there's not going to be dramatic changes from the Leslie Frazier game day experience to the Sean McDermott game day experience, except Sean McDermott is significantly more aggressive and variable in which four guys are going to come. And that just a lot more, you know, they'll call them simulated pressures. They'll call them creepers. You see the linebackers mugged up in the A-gaps. And think back in the previous Leslie Frazier iterations, how often we would see Milano and Edmonds up in the A-gap when you you knew they were dropping out. Like, there was no actual mystery to it. They were just standing there. You knew they were going to drop back into coverage. And now McDermott really does have them on their toes. Like, he doesn't know. The offense does not know which four guys are going to come. That's what single-handedly destroyed Miami's offense. They had no idea which four guys were going to come. Um, so I think the fact that they're producing the highest pressure rate, or depending on which metric you look at, a consistently top three pressure rate in the NFL with the lowest blitz rate in the NFL, meaning blitz is measured as is it more than four guys, not which guys go. If it's Taron Johnson and uh, a safety, but two defensive linemen drop out and it's Two, you know, a D tackle and a D end and a safety in a corner, that's still four. That's not a blitz. That's still sending four. The Bills blitz the least in the NFL, but they're getting home because they don't know which four are coming. That wrinkle has now unlocked a lot of the investments we've made in the defensive line where they're able to utilize their skills. It's showing a lot more of the depth. It's, it's Honestly, it's able to hide a lot more of the things that we're a little bit concerned about because if you get pressure, everything else is easier. It's just such an easier domino effect. Um, I, I know people are a little anxious about what Von Miller's look like these first two weeks back. I'm glad they're easing them in and being careful. I am confident that in you know we, we need Von Miller to be Von Miller in three months from now, not today. Uh, I think that is going to really start to pay dividends in those big moments and at the end of games. We'll see if you know Dorian Williams learning on the fly here if Terrell Bernard can keep up his, you know, shocking debut of, of how he's looked so far, uh, if we have the cornerback depth to go through there. But the one thing I'm confident in is we're going to affect the quarterback. I mean, it, it makes sense to obviously uh, ease Von Miller back into obviously coming up toward ACL. But but with, with how Greg Rousseau has played this season when he's healthy and with how Leonard Floyd has looked – so far, too, it, it does give them that ability to really ease Von Miller Miller in, and with how the, the line and you're right itself, like Greg, um, that the, the D line has I think has been excellent this year in terms of getting to the quarterback. Um, but 
we're we are approaching the trade deadline in the NFL that's coming up soon. Um have you looked at any out any players on other teams that could be available, whether it's on the offense or defensive side that the Bills could potentially, if they choose to maybe trade a pick, a pick to add, that they could add to their roster? Because we you know we've been talking about the the wide receivers most of the show. I I certainly have been somebody who said who've been saying for over a year now that they need to add another quality receiver to that room to kind of take the pressure off of Gabe Davis. Um, do you have you seen maybe maybe in the specifically a receiver that they they could bring in that would be a, a good fit to take that pressure off of Davis or even another player on let me on on offense or even on the de- defensive side of the ball? Sure, I, and we have we, we've spent a good amount of time looking into it, and I think it's always important to start these conversations that we always need to like manage our expectations versus like fantasy football trades and the like highly paid big name veterans and who actually gets moved. So I think if we're realistic, it's going to be, you know, we'll probably trade for Devontae Adams and Derrick Henry, like at the same time is what I'm thinking. Um, so, uh, obviously, those names, get, those names get thrown out there a lot. And it's fun and exciting, and it would be really, really cool. Um, I think it's way more likely that a, a Hunter Renfro would get moved mm. than Devontae Adams if you're looking at a, a Raiders receiver. Um, a sneaky name that's out there, especially with how well DJ Moore and some of the other draft picks are playing, maybe a Darnell Mooney. He's mm. a guy that showed some really interesting um, underlying metrics with terrible quarterback play that, hey, if you brought him in, I think a lot of people would see that name that, wow, is he even better? than uh, Gabe Davis, and I, I think that there's a chance that with Josh Allen, he could be very, very good. Um, I think that's the more likely path. Uh, for me, I've spent a lot of time looking on the defensive side of the ball, uh, especially at cornerback. I, I, Dane, Dane Jackson's foot makes me really nervous. Um, I'm okay with Christian Bedford and Dane Jackson. I think we can do a lot of things in the playoffs with our pass rush and those two as our cornerbacks, but we've obviously seen that if one of them isn't there, we have some issues. So I've looked at Dante Jackson down in Carolina. He was a free agent target for me this offseason before he re-signed there. Um, I've looked at Jalen Johnson in Chicago. Uh, I think he's a guy that is very interesting that they could, if they don't think they're going to extend him, they could move on from uh, a callback to a name many people know. I don't think it's crazy to call Pittsburgh about Levi Wallace. Like, I don't, don't get me wrong. Everybody talks about literally untouchable players like Patrick Sertain and things like that. Those guys are not going to get moved. That's no different than calling the Jets and be like, hey, you guys are struggling. You want to trade a Sauce Gardner? Um, Those things are not going to happen. But, you know, Dante Jackson, Levi Wallace, Jalen Johnson, those are starting caliber guys who could come in and keep Dane Jackson as a very good quality third uh, corner rather than not having the depth behind them. So I think that's an area to look at. And I if we're going to talk about any, you know, crazy salacious name, it's really, really interesting the way that the Tennessee Titans structured a certain wide receivers contract that now that they're two and four and now that Ryan Tannehill's injured, any team could trade for DeAndre Hopkins and he would cost less than $1 million with zero guaranteed money left after this year. Greg, um, you are always the cap wizard uh, when it comes to uh, <laughs> very interesting the way that they built it. Yeah, no, you're you're always oh. one to find those details and uh, and make sure that the public knows about that. Because I saw that tweet and I'm like, you know what? I do love that idea 
Um, because when he signed with Tennessee, everyone lost. Bills fans lost. DeAndre Hopkins lost. And even Titans fans yeah. lost. So and Real quick, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people gave him a hard time, and I'm confident that teams like Kansas City and Buffalo were offering him four, five, six million with incentives to go up to eight million. Well, Tennessee came with two years and twenty six million. No one should blame him yeah. for taking triple the money when somebody offered him triple the money. So I think now the good part is he got a lot of that money from Tennessee. It's already in his pocket. And now basically Tennessee can decide, do we want to buy a draft pick in a lost season and a guy that very likely won't be here next year? Uh, and I, I don't think it's crazy that a team, and I think Buffalo would be a team that would make a call. I Obviously, I'm not predicting it. I don't think it's likely. But I don't think it's the craziest thing that DeAndre Hopkins is one of the bigger names that gets moved and goes somewhere before the trade deadline. And that would ultimately be the it doesn't matter how, but you got him kind of idea for me yeah. of, you know, like, yeah, you wanted to sign him in the offseason. Yeah, Tennessee went and offered him that much more money. And, it, again, there's not much that you can do about that. But in order to then ultimately grab him for the second half of the season, that would kind of put me in a very laughing mood because um, my hatred for the Titans. <laughs> We're right there together. And I know uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out. My guy, uh, Eric Turner, does the best film breakdowns in the business. He did a really good film series on the fact that DeAndre Hopkins still has it and that he's not that alpha number one guy anymore but he is almost built as the absolute perfect number two in a good offense because he was never a freak athlete to begin with, and his hands and catch radius haven't changed 1%. So now he's just turned into this ultimate chain mover where, hey, if you're going to double uh, if you're going to double Stephon Diggs, I know that DeAndre Hopkins is open when he's not. Even if you have him covered, we can put it in the spot where he can catch it regardless if you're going to cover him one-on-one. -on -one. He becomes an incredibly valuable uh, player for, you know, God forbid he goes to one of the other contenders. Uh, but I think that he would be a fantastic addition. And like I said, I think out of all the big names that have been floating out there, I don't think Tennessee's not going to trade a, a, you know, franchise icon who's on every banner and flag around their team. It would be cool to get Derrick Henry, but they're not going to trade him. Uh, a lot of the other names being thrown around, I just don't. We don't see huge names move. I think, I don't think it's an accident they structured his contract that way to give him the option. And I, I think he's one of the higher likelihood of guys who could get moved. And hey, we all know that Josh Allen does love throwing to players, even if they're even if they're not all the way open. So that <laughs> fingers crossed. I mean, I'm trying to re speak this into reality, Greg. I was literally slamming the table earlier about it. I, don't give me hope. Hope is dangerous. Maybe they go and do it. No, keep keep giving let, Derek hope. Yeah, let me let me continue to uh, lose my mind here. Let the people know where to find you, Greg. Appreciate you guys can follow me on Twitter at Greg Thompson and just go to uh, anywhere on YouTube. If you search for Cover One, you'll find all of our content. We've got tons of shows all week long. Obviously, when you finish up listening to the awesome post game show here on WGR, come over and check out Aaron Quinn and I. We do a great post game show every year, every week. Uh, after the Bills game, uh, come and check us out as well. Greg, thank you as always. Um, I can't wait to see more of your hockey tweets tonight um, if you do choose to watch the Sabres and Islanders. I, I have not missed the game yet. You even watched on Thursday night. I was so proud of you, man.
It's baby steps. Baby, baby steps. steps. <laughs> I mean, That's what I want. Wasn't hear. a great game to watch, but oh, neither was, was Jacksonville, it, New Orleans. So who really lost? Yeah, I, I will say it, it's put me in a spot now where I I care enough that I was infuriated with those seven seconds. <laughs> so I've, I've crossed that threshold Let's to go. where I now have emotional investment, and now it's all done. Now it's all over. Welcome to the totally madness. Welcome to totally the madness like all of us, Greg. Thank you, as always. Enjoy your weekend, man, and we'll talk soon. Later, guys. Always a pleasure. Yep. Greg Thompson, cover one on the West Her Hotline. We have got to go! Um, Greg kept us a little long here, so we're going to be in and out, in and out, right here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.